Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. G'day and welcome to the Farms Vice podcast where we talk everything agribusiness. This month is a very exciting month for both farmers and for the Farms Vice podcast. We're launching the Harvest Series, which is being the first episode out of the silo. Excuse the pun, this series was born out of the need to listen to something throughout harvest time, whether you're picking on the header, on the chaser bin, wherever you may be, that gets you thinking about how you can do something a little bit better or even different to improve the way you work on farm. We look at it from a lawyer's, accountant's, farmer's, from different backgrounds, agricultural associations, machinery manufacturers, and how their implements help us in our day-to-day activities for harvest and beyond on the farm. Use this time, this harvest, to switch on an episode from FarmsWise Podcast and to tune in to the expertise that will join me later on in the month. I hope you can take something out of each of these episodes and maybe even implement it into your day or operation. This has taken a mammoth effort for myself with two episodes published coming out on Tuesdays and Fridays by myself only working behind the scenes here. Whilst working full-time marking lambs, harvesting ourselves and a bit of marketing on the side. So take the three seconds it takes to share this podcast the episode that you liked for the Harvest series with your Harvest crew, with your boss, the one that makes the decisions, and also the 30 seconds it takes to leave a re- review on the Apple Podcast. And we'll give you a shout out if you can give us a five-star review. That would be amazing. So the more we have listening to the podcast, the quicker agriculture within Australia can access the information and the expertise they need to grow. I'm not the expert. The guests on the show are the experts and I'm happy to have them come along for the journey as well. But for this episode, it is intended to be general information only as a host and guests do not know your personal circumstances. Please talk to your accountant or the team at Byfields to get the right information for your circumstances. Now, let's get into the very first 
episode of the Harvest series with the team at Byfields. Let's get into it. Today, we're talking to Brant Jansen. Brant, how are you going over there in WA? Great today, yeah. So, How's the weather? Uh, weather, uh, we've had actually some warm days this week. So, um, yeah, uh, a lot of our uh, clients will be looking for a drink over the next week. So I could imagine, we'll but you've been hit by some frost, Bushy was saying previously. Yeah, a couple of weeks back now. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, some clients are okay and, you know, around where I am, it might only be sort of, you know, 10, 15% damage, but um, yep. others, unfortunately, have had some severe damage further out east and, and north. So, yeah, feel uh, feel really bad for those guys. It's just something that's completely out of their control and on what was shaping up to be a great year for them with great prices, it's, it's turned around pretty quickly, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. It's out of their control, but let's talk about something that's a bit more in our control and how we can direct our own vision of farms and how we can better them. But before we get yes. down to agribusiness and biofields, give us a bit of about your background and your connection to agriculture, where it all started. Yeah, so I had a um, slightly different pathway to most people, Jack. Um, yep. I actually, um, so I'm involved in the Northern and the York office in Byfields, which is about an hour east of Perth. Um, as I said, a different pathway to most. I um, started at 17 years old at Byfields, um, right. straight from school. Um, and I did my degree externally on nights and weekends, which yep. uh, at the time seemed like a good idea. Uh, but it was, it was a very hard work. Um yeah, after that, I got my CPA, got my public practice and um, admitted as a director in 2015. So I'm uh, 38 now and clocked up 20 years back in January. Amazing. Starting from 17, what was your first role at Byfields starting so young in the firm? Yeah, so I started um, as a trainee accountant and... Yep. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a few bank statements and check butts thrown, thrown my way back then. <laughs> I bet in that 20 years time frame, a lot of things would have changed for you, wouldn't they? Client facing Absolutely. and also in the office. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, it's fair to say computerisation and cloud accounting has, yeah, come a long way in, in the last 20 years. But, uh, yeah, really, really developed a passion for ag and country life over the years and, um, yeah, live in town with my wife and Two daughters and, um, yeah, love the country life. Love getting out on the road, seeing people. Um, it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't, does it? It's amazing, like, agriculture seems to grab you. Like, if you just dip your toe in, it seems to pull you in a little bit further each time. That's what I'm trying to push with these harvest rolls coming up with farmers having the difficulty finding people. But yeah, it's, all, it's great to have you on today, Brent and joining the conversation of beyond the tax return what are we talking yeah. about today that's pretty vital to farmers throughout Australia yeah I suppose a couple of key messages from today is you know we're really talking about what happens when the child returns home to the family farm and yeah I guess the key message here is you know it is a significant moment when it does happen um, but it is important to have some ground rules set in the place from the start um, you know, yep. for, for the benefit of both parties, really. Um, and, yeah, some generational divides of, of what happens in the future, um, you know, different attitudes, all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, look forward to getting into it with you, Jack. Yeah, definitely. I, I, the way I see it, because I was actually one that returned home as well, probably returned home twice, so I moved away for a bit and then come back again, which yep. probably is normal for out there. Um, but 
raising the topic of this and actually making it front of mind is probably more important because people probably don't even think about they need to set expectations or what they need to do with when their child returns home, both son or daughter, whatever happens. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's all about communication, um, keeping everyone in the loop, open discussions, all those sort of things are very important, Jack. 100%. So let's kick it off. So what commonly yep. happens when a son or daughter returns back to their family farm? Yeah, I'll probably probably kick off with what used to happen. Um, and there's probably a trend in the past that, you know, son or daughter or child, um, you know, they're home from the farm that 15 years old, year 10, or, you know, 17 years old after year 12. And um, you used to see that happen a, a fair bit, whereas probably the trend now seems to be, you know, the child um, venturing off to do something else initially when they finish school. Um, that might be them going to uni, um, whether it's a business degree or science degree or ag business or ag science degree. Uh, they might be encouraged to get a trade, um, diesel mechanic, boiler maker. Uh, they might even go and work on the mines or cray boats or all those sort of things. And I think commonly that seems to be more what is happening. Yep. Um, and even one of the other things that we see now is that maybe when they do come home, they're potentially working for a neighbour or someone else in the district and um, learning some, some different ideas and skills. So I think things have changed, you know, over the last 15, 20 years there, Jack. Yeah, same. So do I. I think it's pretty vital for sons and daughters, the children to go off farm and not be just listening to what the parents have come up with or their own ways of working. It's pretty good to yeah. get a different understanding of, what happens on the family farm, bringing in new ideas just to try to see how we can improve them. Yeah, I think it's new ideas. I think it's new skill sets. Um, I think it's, you know, the child having some different life skills, um, not just having to uh, be drummed into them from dad. Look, you know, you need to be up at five o'clock the next morning. We've got to be ready to go. Um, yeah. We're working those long hours. Um, you know, they develop those life skills from somewhere else. And yeah, um, learn that uh, life in the workforce, wherever that may be, isn't a picnic. And um, yeah, along with success becomes, you know, hard work. Absolutely. And you've got to sort of run, hit the ground running, don't you, as a young person and you like use your initiative in what happens. But for yeah. those that return home on the family farm, what sort of dangers of leaving the younger generation in the financial dark until like later in life? Yeah, I think there's lots of dangers, Jack. Um, I mean, those, those particular skill sets just aren't something you can learn or be taught overnight. Um, you know, typically what happens is uh, the younger generation learn the operational side of the business, um, spraying, seeding, harvesting, all those sort of things. But, you know, they really need to understand uh, what drives their profit. Um, they need to learn profit is different to cash flow. Um, they need to learn budgeting, all those sort of skills that, you just can't think, right, I'm uh, 30 years old now. I'm going to be looking at taking over in the next few years. I'm going to start learning those skills over the next six months. Um, and, and obviously, it's going to be easier for some people to learn those skills than others. Uh, I mean, those that have that business or ag business degree obviously have a better start. But the, they really need to learn early, Jack. And, um, you know, we actively encourage our clients for, you know, the younger generation to attend the budget meeting with the consultant or uh, attend those accountant meetings and, and they're not going to learn everything overnight 
Um, in fact, some of my clients, you know, actively ask me to explain things to the younger generation when they come in for those meetings because they're things we've talked about for many years and and uh, gloss over these fairly simple terms and explanations of things. But um, yeah, we then take the time to explain it to the younger guys or girls. Yeah, sort of knocking out that complacency. You and your accountant have probably formed the relationship, but your children don't know it from a bar of soap, do they? Correct. Coming straight in. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I think initially it's just about exposure. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not saying you need to um, give them a full license to control the checkbook. Not that we see too many checkbooks these days, but um, you know, at, at least yeah, bring them into the budget meeting, the accountant meeting. Let them have some, um, you know, some idea of how the cash flow is going in the business. Um, yeah, all those sort of things, Jack. And, and I think over the next 10 years, they'll be significantly better placed to run the business. Yeah, 100% agree with that. And the older generation might even find out that the young guns can actually type with more than that one finger on the, board, on the keyboard, as my old man does. Absolutely. You probably could be a bit better and quicker on that. So, but it's something, a topic I'm trying to get my head into the books as well, just to get yeah. that exposure, like you say, and try to understand. You don't want to be straight into the books because like your parents probably do know what they're doing over the years yeah. and they've got a yeah. sort of a system that works for them. But suppose exposure to like the programs that are used out there as well is pretty vital just so you know how they work, but also yeah. finding out how, your parents have ran the books before and what they're doing, the different exactly, systems. Yeah. Yeah. So if I could summarize it in one word, it would be just gradual exposure each and every year, um, more and more exposure as time goes on. Yeah. And you'll be ready equipped to take it over, hopefully, and put your parents into a retirement home, wherever they may yeah. seek. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the other thing is, you know, what happens if mum and dad, um, you know, there's some ill health there. I have an accident and, you know, if son or daughter, you know, if they need to take over the family business earlier than maybe what's traditionally expected, yeah. um, they're going to be a, a whole site better off with some financial knowledge than just, um, you know, leaving, leaving them in the dark and all of a sudden they're brought in to, to run it from, from way to go. Yeah, definitely. And probably with a lot of families with more than one like an only child, we probably find one's more financial literate and one wants to actually run the operations and the productions of it. Have you found that yeah. a lot with clients? Yeah, have, yeah. And, you know, even in some, um, you know, businesses you see as well, um, that, that can happen as well where you've got yeah. two very complementary parties or brothers or sisters or whatever you like to call them and, and one is very good operationally and one is very good financially and together they make a great fit for the business. Yeah, fantastic. And probably moving on to the next point of young people, we need to have a cash flow for ourselves, a bit of a wage there and how that works around those coming back to the farm. But a yeah. farm business may not pay a commercial wage, rather it pays cash or living costs. How does this happen in your opinion within your region? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, probably my biggest comment is there's no right or wrong way. There's yep. a couple of different ways to skin a cat, but I think the main message is that it just needs to be clearly, you know, communicated, clearly documented, uh, clearly talked about at the uh, annual budget meeting. Um, you know, it, it's if it's not talked about, um, it probably doesn't cause too many issues at the start, but 
I find when son or daughter are, you know, they're starting to have their own families, uh, their own children, they get married and all those sorts of things, that's where it can really start becoming an issue. Um, yeah. As we all know, education costs are one of the most challenging factors for our clients. And, um, you know, that's something that you, you probably start to think about a lot once your children are born. Um, I do have an example for you, Jack, if I can run through it. Great stuff. Um, and I just want to show you that there's a couple of different ways, but what's important is that you just have a look at some of the components um, to try and compare apples with apples. Now, I'm going to give you an example. There's two, two young lads. They're down at the local pub having a couple of frothies, and they're talking about what uh, their take-home pay is. Now, we'll call... call, call uh, Call child one Bill, for example. So Bill's getting eight hundred bucks a week in the hand. Yeah. Okay. Call that uh, drawings because it's it's not taxed as a wage. He gets the the eight hundred straight in the bank. But then he's provided with a house. Um, he's paid all his private health insurance cover. He's paid all his medical costs. Paid all his power. Paid all his phone. Um, he gets a ute. Uh, call all those things. You know, a couple of grand each. Um, and in this scenario. Once, once you account for all those benefits, um, the 40 grand might actually be 70 grand, okay? And that 70 grand is in the hand. So once you add back tax, um, you know, a gross wage equivalent for all of those um, cash and non-cash components might be $90,000 a year. So Bill's having a frothy with his mate and he's saying, I'm on 40 grand a year. Whereas, you know, if he was comparing it to uh, someone else, uh, that's an employee. He's actually on ninety grand a year. Yeah. He's then talking to um, Joe, and Joe's uh, he's not on drawings. Let's say he's on a on a on a proper wage, um, with tax taken out and super paid. Let's say his wage is sixty. Add on super and a ute and a phone, and his total package is seventy three grand a year, as an example. Now they're both having a chat about um, Joe actually being on more than Bill but it's actually the other way around. So, you know, the guy on 40,000 a year in cash drawings is actually better off. So I suppose the moral to that example, Jack, is that, you know, it's probably good practice to document and calculate what the child is actually on each year, just to be a bit more transparent. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I so, feel like in other jobs I've seen, like you have all what you're going to get, but also you have sort of some fringe benefits that you claim um, it as. And I suppose like getting your house that's under a fringe and then your power, your phone, your medical health insurance. Yeah, exactly. If you're on your minds, it would be clearly communicated to you what your total remuneration package is. Um, and I think yep. that needs to be the same in our, in our farm business clients. So once again, communication is just that key, Jack. Um, Probably the other thing that um, is a big one out of this is that, you know, it is common for that wage or package, as you call it, to be a lot lower than maybe they were getting, you know, on the mines or from other farmers or from other uh, industries, all those sort of things. Um, and, and you probably call that shortfall sweat equity, Jack. I don't know yep. if you've heard that term many times. Yeah, yeah, the so, sweat equity into it and how you can value that as well. The child coming back probably needs to see the value in 
getting the farm business more profitable and also leaving it in better hands once it is passed down that generation, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as an example, as, as that child develops, you know, and takes more and more responsibility and roles in the business, I mean, his, his, his role might be worth 120 grand a year, 130 grand a year. Um, but, you know, because of uh, capital issues and succession issues and all those things, I mean, he might be the guy getting 70 grand a year in, in hand. So, you know, there's a shortfall of, say, 50 grand a year. And, you know, uh, we call that sweat equity. And that um, just probably needs to be documented and um, considered, I guess, as time goes on. Yeah, well, why not even just do a job card up for what's involved, responsibilities, and then even your wage for when they do want to return home? And if, if yep. they don't think that's a good enough one for them, then maybe not now's the time to return home and maybe the parents can work a little bit better to get that up to scratch, but maybe yeah. it's not right yeah. for them. Yeah, agreed working hours, expectations, all those sort of things, Jack. Um, you know, really important to be discussing between them. Some great points raised there by Brant Jansen from team at Byfields for the Harvest Series. Pretty special to have the expertise of Byfields on for this series and really important. There's a lot of children that are returning home as agriculture is quite good at the moment. I've returned home as well. Fun fact, the average age for those that return home is actually 27 years to the family farm. No worries, let's get back into the episode. Yeah, and for what about like if children were moved to back like back into another role somewhere? Is that accounted for it, do you think? Or is this just is it trying to get the child to be retained in the family farming business, you feel? Yeah. I, I think it's probably just an unwritten rule that um, you know, the child will you know, receive a cash wage of what's less than what might be paid. Um, yep. you know, and that's just what has to happen in order for them to, you know, build up that equity and until they eventually take over. But, you know, once again, it would just be nice if that was maybe documented um, and agreed upon, um, whether it's, it doesn't, doesn't have to be a formal agreement, but, you know, maybe just some acknowledgement at the budget meeting each year that, um, you know, there's, there's 120 grand worth of work that's maybe put in and, you know, the child's getting 70 out of it as a package so you know a build up of 50 grand a year in equity yeah uh, and there's ways to even record those sort of things on the financial statements as well yeah definitely i feel like there's a lot of value coming back on farm as a young person and like the flexibility within agriculture is pretty unreal compared to the other industries like if you're working in finance you wouldn't be able to duck away or to for me to run this podcast i wouldn't be able to do anything i'd be strapped to my desk sort of thing but in agriculture, yeah. returning as a child, a son or a daughter, it's a pretty unique position that you do have. And then just recognising that value, I suppose, as a young person. Yep, absolutely. Yep. So um, they're probably the comments I've got um, so far, Jack, on that, on that question. I, I hope it answers it for you. But I think the main takeaway out of that is that, you know, there's a couple of different options, but whatever you do, um, you know, calculate it out. It doesn't have to be a 35-page agreement, but, you know, maybe just a one-pager outlining the drawings, all those other remuneration benefits and, you know, what, what the total package is each year and, 
yeah, it's just a little bit more clearer. And um, next time uh, Bill and Joe are having a froth down the local, they can uh, be a bit more informed about who's actually getting what. So, Yeah, exactly. And see that value there. For agriculture like roles, do you see like children coming back to the farm? Is there actually a pay increase for like over time for the, under the award or how does that work? Like if you're yeah. being incentivized sort of thing, like other industries do and these fringe benefits we all talk about. Yeah. I think the drawings or wages that each child gets can be just completely different from business to business. I mean, yeah. they're generally they're generally above award in most type, most yeah. circumstances, but it really depends on the family, um, depends on their financial position, depends on their family dynamics, um, depends on how much debt they've got, um, depends on their history of debt. Um, I mean, you know, a lot of our older clients remember when interest rates were 16 to 18% and our generation hasn't seen that. We're, we're more used to two, three, four percent, those sort of things, Jack. So I, I really think it does depend on each farm and each business's circumstances on what they do actually pay out. But I do see a trend that those drawings do increase as you know the child's contribution increases each year. So Bill on his 40 grand a year in in, in cash wages or cash drawings, you know, you'll you'll generally see that increase over the next five to ten years as he takes on more and more of a role. Yeah, definitely. And for like the children moving home on farm, they're sort of they're looking to grow that farm out and expand, but maybe the parents because they're sort of in retirement mode or something like that. How how would you navigate that for the child trying to grow what he sees could be great potential? Like by starting now with land prices so high and there's no chance of them coming down too much as Australia's dirt's quite cheap and it's always rising. How do you see that playing out? Like how can a child try to get their parents to move towards growth mindset rather than just sort of nurturing it along until they pass it on? Mm. Yeah, definitely the hardest question of the day, Jack. Um, I think the biggest issue, and I've touched briefly on this before, is, you know, the generational divide um, yep. between what mum and dad may want to do in life and maybe what, son or daughter want to do as well um, and I think that comes down to every farm business just having different family dynamics different financial position different goals different stages in life all those sort of things um, you know is the business at 85 percent equity looking to expand um, or pay out mum and dad for succession or you know are they at 55 percent and they're quite vulnerable and you know debt reduction is really the biggest priority so I think it's hard because where son and daughter are at in their life is different to where dad and mum are in their life. Um, and there's usually not a right or wrong answer and a lot of meaty discussion and compromise is often needed. Um, there's other, th you know, there's uh, paying down farm debt, there's further expansion, there's funding retirement, there's education costs. Um, often they're always coming up at the same time. And um, as a family group, they've just got to try and prioritise um, with compromise, um, how how that uh, cash surplus each year can be uh, can be split between those things. So I, th I think it is hard to yeah try and get hundred percent agreement on all those things. And yeah, I, about, uh, as a family farmer ourselves, I don't think you'll ever see hundred percent agreement in things. 
other yeah. than growing your profits and trying to buy something else, maybe. Um, but for that, I think, yeah, you summed it up pretty well. Communication, bit of compromise yeah. from both parties, the children and also the parents in what they both want to do and what they want to get out of it. Do the parents want to yeah. retire earlier by bringing the children back on farm? And maybe that might be the case where they can raise the, the drawings for the children if they have an, an allowance for their own retirement feeding in yeah. from off-farm income that we spoke yeah. about on the last Biofields episode. Yeah. And on top of that, Jack, uh, I'll probably missed, you know, machinery replacement decisions as well. You know, that's another huge factor as well. Um, whether it's, it's justified, um, could be old machinery, unreliable, costly repairs, or whether the younger generation just wants some more shiny paint. Um, you know, they're all decisions that have got to be put into the budget as well. And, um, yeah, the cash surplus um, needs to be cut up accordingly. Yeah, that's a good one coming up to harvest time. You see your neighbour rolling in a new X9 John Deere header, <laughs> nearly a million dollars or more, and you're just rolling in an old golden oldie, but, and yeah. you're seeing that. But the younger ones are probably the ones operating the equipment a lot more, seeing yeah. the deficiencies of what and how it operates. So maybe... Yeah working hand in hand there, it could actually improve what you your outputs are at the end of the day. But you do need to put them down on paper, don't you, just to see what they are and test them out, stress test yeah, them. Exactly, yeah. And probably the other comment I tell, yeah, well, a lot, another comment that everyone is aware of is, you know, it's, it's the decisions in the tough years are often a lot easier than the decisions in the good years. Um, you know, in the tough years, you tend to make the right decision. You do what's needed to trim down the budget and, and make it fit. Whereas, you know, the good, good years where there is that cash surplus, um, you've got, you've got more options. So it becomes yep. harder to work out. Okay. Well, where are our priorities as a family group and um, you know, how are we going to split up that cash surplus? Yeah. And what's hopefully our what's our goals. Hopefully change that dynamic of surviving to thriving for family farms out there. But Hopefully this conversation is the one that kicks it off for you listening at home on the tractor or wherever. If you're the child wanting to return home, maybe just spark up the conversation with your old man, your mum, or even your grandparents, however your family dynamics work. Um, or as the older generation, speak to your children, see if they want to come home. Grant, for your last piece of advice, what would be your piece of advice for children wanting to return home from the younger generations aspect? Yeah, I would say straight away, uh, you know, without trying to uh, kick mum and dad out of the office or anything like that is, yeah, just just start to have that natural interest and natural involvement in some of the finances. Um, yep. You know, attend the consultant meeting, attend the accountant meeting and just start getting that grasp early and communication with mum and dad. Um, you know, it's, it's always the key. Yeah, hundred percent done sometimes. Yeah, it's a quite a theme throughout all of the Beyond the Tax Return series, but it's probably the number one priority to getting a successful business running fluently and also engaging all family members across the spectrum. But Brent, thanks, mate. That was a really good conversation to get it kick started. I hope it starts a few of them out there across WA and right across Australia for harvest season coming up. So this will be one ringing in the harvest ears. So hopefully it was received pretty well. But yeah. Thanks for having me, Jack. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. No worries, mate. So 
who's up next on buy fields beyond the tax return series? Yeah, so Lee Williams is up next. Um, she's a director from our Narogen office, and she's going to be talking about um, her view of women in business and um, I suppose just the impact of them being involved in the ag industry, um, different attitudes, different skill sets they bring, um, not only to farm businesses, but also the ag industry. So watch this space, Jack. Absolutely. Next month is going to be a big one for women in agriculture, but hopefully that theme can roll past just October and into throughout the year. They're half of family enterprises and they play an important role. So, but nonetheless, thank you very much, Brent. How can we get in yep. touch with your skill set at Byfields there? Yeah, so I'm in the Northern and York office. Um, so, yeah, if you want to have a look at um, our website, uh, byfields.com.au, you can um, find out some contact details on there. Um, yeah, email me if you like, brentj at byfields.com.au or, um, you know, I'm pretty pretty casual. Hit me up on Facebook Messenger if you if you really want to and I'll, uh, I'll respond. So. Absolutely, mate. Cool. Good way to go about it. We'll talk soon on the Beyond the Tax Return series. Thanks for coming along. No worries. Sounds good. Thank you, Jack. See ya. Thanks, mate. Just stop. Thanks for listening to the first episode of the Harvest series with myself, Jack Criswell, and Brent Jansen from the team at Byfields for giving up his time to contribute towards the show and so that you can take something home and implement it into your enterprise as a listener. I'm sure this episode was relevant for you as our agriculture outlook is looking pretty positive across the board for children returning back home. I'm one of them, so I'm sure there's a fair few out there as well. Don't forget to share this episode with your harvest crew to support the podcast and the hours of sweat equity I've put in to get this show up and running. Up on Friday, we have a lawyer and a mate, Richard O'Halloran, who articulates the value of share farming quite well. Until then, keep on listening and keep on farming. See you on Friday. Thank you for listening to this episode right the way through. Because you listen right to the end, I think it would be pretty important to share with you our farmer's mailbag newsletter that we send out each week. Become a part of the farmer's mailbag and you'll get little snippets of content that others don't get. So make sure that you sign up at farmsvice.com.au to our farmers only mailbag. See you next time. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.